Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello and happy Sunday morning, America. This is John Solomon, and this is the latest edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. We've got an all-star lineup for you today, three members of Congress with three very important missions, a former intelligence chief from the FBI, and of course, the head of the Border Patrol Union, all bringing us, we're going to cover the world from China to the border to Washington, D.C. and beyond. Stay tuned for a great show. We're going to kick it off with Chairman James Comer, the head of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Then Congressman Brian Babin, one of the most important voices on the border. Kevin Brock, the former FBI intelligence chief. We'll talk about that incredible arrest of the former counterintelligence chief for FBI in New York. Corruption case that's evolved and shook the bureau to its core. Andy Biggs, the head of the House Freedom Caucus and the man who made so much happen in the lead up to Kevin McCarthy's vote to be speaker. A lot of changes. Washington is a different place because of the resistance that Andy Biggs gave to the status quo. And he's going to tell us why that's made a difference. And then we'll wrap up with Brandon Judd, the head of the Border Patrol Union, right after these commercial messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way 
nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. He's the newly minted chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Congressman James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. Congressman, great to have you on the show again. Great to be back. I want to start a little bit. I want to get to our scoop. But before we get to that, I understand there may have been finally a little bit of cooperation for the National Archives in the Biden documents caper. Tell us what is going on behind the scenes. Well, they have finally agreed to come in and sit down for a transcribed interview. Uh, so we will be able to uh, have a formal interview. Uh, we're going to ask them all the questions that everyone in America uh, wants answered, and hopefully they'll provide those answers. But uh, I guess you could say we're making some progress by the fact that they finally responded to our request and agreed to come in. Amazing. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's great news that you're finally, you know, able to chip away at this. Do you do you expect to get the answers that you need or do you expect to have to press even more after this transcribed interview? Well, we'll see how the interview goes, but we're going to ask questions that we all want to know. We're going to ask about uh, what kind of documents are we talking about? here uh, with respect to Biden, Pence, and, and even Trump. Uh, why was there such a difference in how the Trump document case was handled versus how the Biden case was handled. Uh, we want to know who had access to those documents. We're going to remind them that we have a very serious Biden family influence peddling investigation going on. And we're very concerned about who, not only who had access to those documents, but whether or not those documents uh, ended up in the hands of our adversaries around the world, especially those who were involved in some of the Biden influence peddling schemes. So we have a lot of very important questions. Questions and, and hopefully we'll get some answers next week. Yeah, that's going to be a big moment in the investigation. Sir, is there any evidence that you know of yet that any of these this information that Joe Biden took with him could have been things that were beneficial to his son's business interests, China, Ukraine, other places? We have no idea. We hear reports that some of those documents pertain to Ukraine. Obviously, we're all uh, 
very uh, seriously concerned about what went on with that Burisma deal in Ukraine and what role Joe Biden played in uh, getting that prosecutor who was representing the Ukrainian government uh, investigating the corruption at Burisma. Uh, we know that Joe Biden uh, may have played a role in getting him terminated. So uh, we, we are concerned about what exactly uh, was in that document with respect to Ukraine. But we have no evidence of wrongdoing because we honestly don't know exactly what type of documents were in the possession of Joe Biden. Yeah, great point. Right. And, and on that note, Mr. Chairman, I wanted to ask you, um, <laughs> I think that most Americans are aware by now that anonymous uh, buyers have purchased Hunter Biden's art for exorbitant prices, in some cases a quarter of a million dollars. I know that you have reached out to his dealer, his, uh, his art dealer, um, to try to get some answers from him. Uh, he's based in New York. Why is, why is that information important? Well, we need to know who's buying this artwork. And I'm willing to uh, sign a confidentiality agreement. You know, I need to know who bought this art because there's a pattern here uh, of our adversaries, especially in China, uh, sending money to Biden interest, whether it be some of Hunter or Jim Biden's shady business dealings, whether it be to the University of Pennsylvania to fund the Biden Center for Diplomacy, or reportedly uh, to purchase some of Biden's artwork at, at very high prices. Uh, we're concerned that there's a pattern of corruption here with respect to the CCP that may be compromising this White House. So uh, a lot of times when uh, Democrats criticize our investigation on the House Oversight Committee of the Biden family, they say, well, uh, even if they did anything wrong, it all happened uh, while he was, was a, a private citizen. Well, I just disagree with that statement. But at the end of the day, the art sales have all happened since Joe Biden's become president. So, you know, there's no excuse for the American people or at the very least the House Oversight Committee not to have knowledge of who bought that artwork to where we can have confidence that uh, there were no uh, shady business dealings taking place here because we all know that China uses the art world to launder money into the United States as a part of their uh, schemes and their spying schemes and things like that. So there's precedence here with the fact that China does use the art world for shady business dealings and the fact that this art gallery owner has bragged about being the new broker between the American art world and China. So, you know, we have every reason to believe that uh, this art gallery needs to be transparent with, at the very least, uh, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee about where this artwork's going. Yeah, that's a very mm -hmm. important thing. And you mentioned money laundering. <clears throat> Another way that the Chinese have historically well, laundered money is through the use of diamonds. And it turns out Hunter Biden got a 3.2 carat diamond, according to his own documents. Have you guys been looking into that? Is there anything that might merit some investigation with that transaction? Well, you know exactly what we know. He received a, a very expensive diamond as a gift. Uh, from uh, a Chinese operative. Uh, this is something that is, is even in Hunter Biden's old words, questionable. Uh, he said in, in emails that he, he knew he probably shouldn't have taken it, but he did. This is something that his wife mentioned in, in uh, uh, talking about property and, and uh, when they were dividing up their, their property during the divorce. So uh, there, there are plenty of records that Hunter Biden actually did take this diamond. Uh, so, you know, we're concerned. Why would China give Hunter Biden something so valuable? Is it because they, they like him 
or is it uh, because of some other reason? But it's not because they were working on a, a profitable business deal with China. Again, when people ask what was the Biden family business, I argue it was influence peddling. So, so you know, this diamond is going to be a part of our investigation because even by Hunter Biden's own admission, this was something he probably shouldn't have taken. Yeah, it turns out that Biden's aren't, uh, diamonds aren't just the best friend of Biden's uh, or of girls' as Biden's as well. I wanted to ask you, though, um, with respect to John's story that he reported on over at JustTheNews.com in conjunction with uh, with Mike Benz, this story that the federal government is is funneling via grants uh, money to, to universities, to private organizations to utilize a technology that used to be used uh, on ISIS and, and terrorist organizations during the Arab Spring. And they are now uh, transferring this, this technology on the American people and using it to, to root out dissenting voices on things like vaccines and elections. Is there a way legislatively that Congress can shut off that pipeline? Well, I think this will be something that Jim Jordan dives into with the new weaponization select committee. I mean, this is another example of the deep state uh, taking uh, matters into their own hand, defining what is information versus what is disinformation and trying to censor conservative speech. Uh, we have a federal bureaucracy that's been out of control for a long time. It's gotten significantly worse under the Joe Biden administration. We have to rein them in. Uh, this is a huge problem when you have government agencies that are operating their own uh, ministries of propaganda trying to dictate speech. Uh, this, should, this should concern every American, regardless of whether they're uh, conservative or liberal. Uh, this is something the government has no business being involved in. And when we learn that there are more tax dollars being spent to do this, it's very concerning. So uh, I would assume that the Oversight Committee uh, will start uh, working with Jordan and, and, and looking into you know misuse of tax dollars. But certainly this is another example of our federal government uh, being weaponized against we the people, especially the conservatives in America. Yeah, so true. So we got about 30 seconds left. You got your first big hearing next week. Tell us what we can expect. Well, we're going to do our job. We're supposed to be the committee in charge of trying to root out waste, fraud, abuse, and mismanagement in the federal government. We all know that the federal government went on a huge spending spree over the past three years in the name of COVID, but yet not one single committee in the House of Representatives has tried to identify to see if there was any waste, fraud, or abuse with the, with respect to the COVID fund. So we're going to get started, and anyone who cares about where their tax dollars are, are being spent, uh, they're going to need a seatbelt and, and probably uh, one of those... Uh, bags that uh, are in the, in the front seat, back seat of a uh, airplane uh, in case the, the, the ride gets a little bumpy because, you know, there's some, some uh, a lot of allegations of wrongful spending uh -oh. with respect to the COVID funds. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Brian Babin, Congressman from Texas. He's up next right after the commercial break. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. 
Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Joining us now is the man representing Texas's 36th District, Congressman Brian Babin. Thank you so much for being here. Great to be with you, Amanda. Good to see you. Congressman, you you represent Texas. Uh, It's great to see you. These border issues, this is obviously uh, a big part of our conversation, but I wanted to show you a clip of something. The woman who is supposed to be the border czar, who is supposed to have a handle on the border, uh, much like that, she doesn't seem to have a handle on our divorce papers from Britain, the Declaration of Independence, uh, and she misquoted it. Take a look at this. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. What happened to life? (laughs) That's the number one thing that is listed by the founding fathers. And for our vice president to leave that out uh, is just incredible. It is incredible. You know, they're, they're concerned about banning gas stoves, but... You know, they, they don't that we we deserve that all uh, human beings deserve life to be protected. Babies born alive after a failed abortion, et cetera. Uh, we passed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors uh, Protection Act. We only had one Democrat to vote with us on that bill. And this tells you where they stand. They just simply do not have a Judeo-Christian uh, view of the world. And, and to, to leave out life, the number one uh, thing that we're supposed to be protected, that is supposed to be protected, that the founding fathers articulated, enumerated in the Constitution, she couldn't even say it. It is a disgrace. And it is. Uh, they don't seem to have much regard for life. They also don't seem to have much regard for the First Amendment free speech. We just keep learning so much more, sir, about censorship and the government's role and the alliance with universities and liberal 
think tanks and uh, liberal activists, uh, the idea that the government is funding AI technology to go out and censor Americans' opinions on vaccines and elections, the idea that the FBI had a command center in San Francisco to forward right. requests from FBI headquarters for censorship. How are we going to put a stop to this? What is the best way for Congress to put a stop to that sort of form of censorship? We're, we're going to have to have hearings. Now, to be truthful with you, John, we have a, a slim majority in the House of Representatives. We don't have a Republican uh, in nowhere, uh, you know, near the White House. And we don't have the majority of the Senate. Uh, so we're going to do the best that we can in the House of Representatives. We've already done some good things. Uh, we're going to hold hearings. We're going to hold people accountable. And we're going to uh, we also have the power of the purse. Uh, which we hope that we can wield some influence uh, in the House of Representatives and defund some of these people. Uh, they, uh, you know, as, as Amanda said, they're, they're people that just live off of taxpayer dollars that should not be getting any of them. And uh, now they're turning uh, their, their sights on the American people uh, for something that was supposed to have been done for terrorism. Uh, and so we have to really, really ramp up the pressure uh, to make sure that our tax dollars are not going uh, to these programs that are just uh, reducing uh, the uh, Americans' rights. So there's First Amendment rights, or Second Amendment rights, and, and many, many other uh, civil rights that we have. So, like we just said, the right to life, the biggest one of all. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and, and since you represent Texas, I wanted to ask you about these numbers that we've seen recently as far as uh, people on the terror watch list being apprehended at the border under President Trump. Annually, it was less than 10. Uh, in fiscal year 2022, it was 98 and I believe 38 just since October. Um, the border crisis is is a crisis for so many different reasons and in many different ways. But specifically to national security, having these folks coming across our border is such a concern. But but Vice President Kamala Harris, the borders are, you know, she she barely blinks at it as she's in El Paso. She doesn't. She's within 150 miles in Arizona. Can you talk to us about that? Well, her, her being the border czar is a joke, which we've known from the very, very beginning. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, for what's going on in the, uh, at the border right now, I, and one good example of how they operate down there, in December, uh, they were uh, in getting ready for a supposed uh, uh, surge at the border, uh, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, <clears throat> released 1,100 criminal illegal aliens from detention uh, in, in, in anticipation of a surge. And that we had you know, overwhelming numbers that came over, but it was not the surge they were planning on. They stopped making arrests. These are the kind of things that they, they come up with <laughs> to, uh, to, to, to try to, they, they say we don't have enough beds. They, they don't want money for beds. They want, they want to, uh, you know, any money that has been, uh, in our, in our package that was passed in the giant omnibus, uh, it was not, it was not for uh, more enforcement, interior enforcement, getting rid of catch and release, et cetera. It was simply to facilitate the processing of thousands and thousands of more illegal immigrants that are coming across the border. And quite frankly, the word is out around the world for now two years uh, and running uh, that the Biden administration has opened us up to criminals, to dope dealers, to sex traffickers, human traffickers, 
uh, people that are intent on, on really harming the United States of America, and yet these, these office holders, Biden and his people, will not honor their, uh, their oaths of office, and that's why I think, uh, like Mallorca should be impeached, he's a disgrace, and President Biden needs to be held accountable. Let's hope that the American people will wake up uh, in the next election and say, enough is enough. We've got to kick these people out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's always been a lot of funny math in, in Washington. You do a great job of blowing the whistle on it. But there's this amazing game been going on. It's, it's an Olympian effort at, at trying to deceive the American people. Uh, in December, we had the worst December flow of illegal immigration at the border right. in history. And the Biden administration is going around saying, hey, our policies are working. We're getting it reduced. There was no reduction. There was a historic surge in December. Tell us what the, uh, how concerned you are about the dishonesty of the math that this Biden administration is giving us on illegal immigration. Very, very concerned, John. I can tell you, as the one of the co-chairs of our House Border Security Caucus, uh, we have had, we actually had uh, Alejandro Mayorkas come and speak to us. We saw him under oath uh, speaking in front of the Judiciary Committee, <laughs> and. Uh, simply lied between his teeth, and he's repeatedly lied. Uh, he, li he has lied about his own Border Patrol, the whipping incident uh, of the mounted uh, Border Patrol officers. He's lied about having operational control of our border, saying that the border is secure when we've had record numbers. Uh, you know, a quarter of a million came across in December alone. Uh, over five million in the last two years. Now, how, many, how many gotaways, uh, you know, uh, that, that were not detected? Uh, how many of these terrorists that uh, you mentioned just uh, earlier in this segment, uh, in addition to the ones we know about uh, from the terrorist watch list that have come across? Because as I said, the word is out, our borders are open. So you have a lot of people that want to harm America coming in. But how many were not detected? Uh, how many people got away? Uh, these are the people that don't just walk in and give themselves up and say, oh, I'm seeking asylum. Uh, these are bad people with records and they don't want to be caught. Uh, and then the, the breaking of the law uh, by this DHS and the Biden administration, absolutely in violation of the law. They're supposed to be detaining people that are uh, coming and asking for asylum, not giving and granting humanitarian parole illegally, letting people across the border, giving them green cards, giving them a path to citizenship uh, and allowing them to go to work. Uh, they, they simply just do not obey the law. Man. Incredible. I wanted to ask you about, you know, TikTok is something that is a concern to a lot of Americans. It's been banned in some states on government devices, and you have a new bill to terminate it on college campuses. Talk to us about that bill and what it's going to do. Yes, ma'am. We absolutely have uh, we have dropped that bill. We know uh, that the Red China, the Communist Chinese Party, is intent on supplanting us and replacing us as the number one nation in the world. We know that many of their, that much of their weaponry uh, and their defense has been pilfered, the technology has been pilfered and stolen from us. I, I represent part of Houston, Texas. We closed down the Chinese consulate during the Trump administration because of a rat's nest of espionage that was going on at Johnson Space Center, which is also in my district, uh, and at the Texas Medical Center where I went to school. and. Uh, we were told that uh, the, the, the Chinese said they were just so indignant about being closed down. And yet uh, we, we have videos of them uh, burning uh, documents in barrels outside this, uh, wow. this concert. It's a joke. 
All right, folks, don't touch your phone. Guess what? Kevin Brock, the former FBI intelligence chief, is here. He's got some surprising comments about the FBI corruption and reform ahead, right after these commercial messages. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Our next guest, well, he knows a lot about the FBI and has the respect of so many of its current and former agents. He's the former assistant director for intelligence at the FBI and our good friend Kevin Brock, and he joins us right now. Kevin, great to have you back on the show. Thanks, John. Good to be with you. A lot of people looked at this thing, Oleg Deripaska, the Russian oligarch that keeps showing up somewhere in the U.S.-Russian narrative, but uh, an agent uh, working for him, taking money from Albanian foreign official even before he was out of the employ of the FBI. I think this might have even surprised you a little bit, right? Yeah, what did you call him? The Forrest Gump of, uh, yeah, of international intrigue. Uh, he seems <laughs> to be popping up everywhere. And a lot of the players that we've come to know over the last few years related to the Trump-Russia collusion uh, debacle, um, you know the uh, Christopher Steele and and uh, and Bruce Orr and uh, and now maybe even Hunter Biden. So um, this is very troubling to those of us who uh, you know dedicated our careers to the FBI. Uh, we never like to think that anybody in the FBI would lose their integrity, would go against their oath, and accept money like this. It's, it's equivalent of, of spying. You know, of being engaged in espionage while he was still with the Bureau of and an SAC, one of the top ranks in the FBI up in New York for counterintelligence. He is alleged to, and I want to preface all these remarks saying he is alleged to, um, have taken up to $250,000 in payments uh, from an Albanian who had close ties to the prime minister there and, and, and perhaps their intelligence uh, operations. Very, very troubling. And then later after leaving the Bureau, Getting involved with uh, Deripaska in ways that um, violated the sanctions that the country had placed against him. Now, again, Deripaska seems to be coming in and out of the intelligence community, either as a person of interest or as a source uh, for the intelligence community. That's not unusual. These things happen a lot. But um, but what he did as far as advancing Deripaska's interests uh, to remove himself from these sanctions and accepting money for doing so uh, has got him charged and he's looking at significant prison time. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's incredible to see. And, you know, it feels like every month there is a new story, a new scandal coming out about corruption in the FBI and obviously that. But but a lot of these leaks that have been taking place, this report that Christopher Ray and colleagues took this uh, very quick flight from Manassas to DCA that's costing the taxpayer, American taxpayers up to 
$20,000 per trip. It seems like so many of these stories were, they, they were just beneath the surface and the chickens are coming home to roost. Is that a sign that you have a lot of disenchanted FBI agents who are finally willing to, to break the seal on stuff like this? I, my sense is there is a lot of dissatisfaction, uh, dissatisfaction among the, the uh, rank and file of the FBI. Uh, nobody, the, there's a lot of pride in being an FBI agent, and, and rightfully so because of the accomplishments of the Bureau over 100 years. Um, nobody wants to see the Bureau endure black eye after black eye administered by rogue agents, rogue directors, rogue deputy directors who make foolish decisions and illegal decisions. And, uh, and, and cause Americans to wonder what's happened to the FBI. Um, this is, this is very, very troubling. Uh, the Bureau, my recommendation has consistently been to the FBI, be as transparent as you possibly can, cooperate with every committee that gets stood up that wants to look at the FBI. I know there are partisan politics that are involved in that, and a lot of mud gets attached to it along the way. Um, but the Bureau cannot afford the perception of holding back or hiding or, or hiding behind classified information or, or privileged information. Be as transparent as possible to regain the trust of the American people. That is vitally needed right now. That is some good advice. Let's hope the FBI is listening and paying attention to your great advice. Uh, Kevin, I wanted to ask, uh, I had an interview earlier today with uh, the newest member of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, Austin Scott, congressman from Georgia. And he said he's been talking to his colleagues on the committee. They really feel like they need to have a damage assessment of what was in the Biden classified documents at these insecure locations like the home, the academic center. Uh, first off, do you think that's a good idea? And second off, how would a damage assessment go? I'm sure you've seen them because as the intelligence chief, you would have been uh, doing things like that. Tell us a little bit about whether it's a good idea and also what would happen. It's not just a good idea. It's an imperative. It has to be done. Um, Americans are disturbed enough at what seems to be the careless handling of classified documents by people most senior in our government. Um, there's two parts to this of interest from a counterintelligence standpoint. First of all, it's the mishandling of the document itself. Why was it mishandled? And uh, what what made them think that they should take these documents home? And, and then secondly... Um, what what was in those documents? Now, people are raising those questions, and rightfully so. Good articles are being written about this. This is this is very important from a counterintelligence standpoint. Is drawing a correlation between why those documents were chosen to be removed from classified environments and taken home, and then assessing what um, what what was in those documents, particularly in light of the fact that in President Biden's case, they were in a private residence where other people had direct access. Now, obviously, the Republicans are very interested in the fact that, that his son, Hunter Biden, had uh, theoretical access to these documents, and they're, they're going to want to know whether or not um, there's a correlation between what's in the documents and what was used by Hunter Biden to gain business. And if there is a correlation, if, if, if it can be shown uh, that there there was that kind of fallout from having these classified documents available in the House, then that has a, a distinct counterintelligence interest to the government to make sure that those in the highest reaches of our government are not compromised by all of this. Um, I would say, as a final point, that um, you know, just based on what's publicly known, 
there's probably more predication that exists today to launch an investigation along these lines than there ever was to launch the uh, the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. Wow, that's a powerful statement, and it's backed up by a lot of facts, Kevin. It's amazing. Uh, any doubt in your mind that the FBI is probably already doing this? We got a few seconds left. I just want to see if you, you think this probably is going to happen, right? I would hope so. Yes, I would think so. Yes. All right, folks, we got a real honest-to-God rabble-rouser coming up next. Congressman Andy Biggs, the head of that House Freedom Caucus that forced so much change on Congress in Washington earlier this month. Yeah, it felt a little dramatic. It was great television on C-SPAN, but the truth of the matter is Washington changed for the better. It's more close to the American people. The rules of Congress have changed to give the people more voice in their Congress. Andy Biggs is going to describe how that happened, why he did it, and what it means for the future right after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. He's the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus and a great congressman from the state of Arizona, Andy Biggs, and he joins us now. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Great to be with you, Amanda, John. Good to be with you. It is indeed. And it's hard to think that a whole month has passed already. And we started this month with the media saying, oh, my God, Congress is in disarray. And then something weird happened. America's actually tuned in. They wanted to watch this debate. And they saw the rules of Congress being changed. And from those rule changes now has come a whole new way of doing business in Washington. You've been through the system now for about two or three weeks, a new system. Does it feel different to you? It really does. Uh, it, it seems so much so much more open. Um, on the floor, while you and I are talking, there's been debates uh, going on. And, you know, we've had those debates in the past. But what's different about this is it's it's bigger, it's broader, there's more participation already. Um, I also like what Kevin McCarthy, Speaker Kevin McCarthy has done. I think he's really stood up and um, taken, taken the bull by the horns. He's delivered on every promise that he made, made to us so far. And I think, you know, I want him to succeed. I really do want him to succeed. And I think he's gonna succeed if he remembers those promises he made and, and, and sticks to them. And it's going to make for a better Congress, which will lead to better policy, which will be, be to better outcomes for the American people. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that a lot of folks who originally were skeptical of Kevin McCarthy as speaker have been pleasantly surprised by, by what's transpired until now. And that is, of course, going to bleed into the uh, debt ceiling crisis, these ongoing negotiations. Um, 
This issue kind of seems like a hot potato issue because Mitch McConnell punted it back to you guys in the House, which I guess you probably expected, eh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to originate. It's got to originate in the House anyway. But I, I think that not only is that good for the country, but it's good for the House and Senate because I think that we can negotiate and get changes and reforms in place necessary to eventually uh, it won't happen overnight because we were 31 and a half trillion dollars in, in debt. But uh, the Biden administration is saying they don't even want to negotiate. Well, that's on them because we could accomplish some good things and turn this thing around. There's, But nobody will even tell me how much money they think they need for how, how long. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? So if we go back and we start clawing back money like we did first bill out of the chute was to draw back $80 billion. We need the Senate now to okay, okay that, but we need to draw back a whole bunch of money that the Democrats were bent on spending with that $1.7 trillion Omni plus the COVID relief money that Joe Biden put into the into the system. And, and if we start pulling that money back, I think we have a chance and then throw some some cuts and, and, and redirection and some freezes of spending, eliminate some programs. I think we have a chance to turn this thing around so that we can actually get to a balanced budget in seven to 10 years. Yeah, that's a pretty remarkable achievement if it happens. And, and uh, one of the interesting things is I, I think people think, oh, we're just starting on this journey. But for a year or two or three, the House Freedom Caucus has really been thinking through how you shrink government without hurting the American people. Uh, a lot of ideas of taking money and returning it to the states and block grants, getting rid of the bureaucracy in Washington. Tell us some of the best ideas that are starting to take root that how, you're not only going to shrink the budget, you're going to reshape the federal government, aren't you? Yeah, that's that's the idea. I mean, we, we need to restore the uh, separation of powers, not just horizontally, but vertically as well. That is to let the states have the powers. Uh, so it, we, we're doing everything from eliminating certain. We want to eliminate We want to do this anyway, is to eliminate certain agencies and departments that are, are superfluous and there's really no constitutional authority for them. We also want to go through and redevelop a line item budget. So when you do a line item budget, that allows you to go program by program as well and say, this one's duplicative. This one we have no authority for. This one's better for the states. And you could go through and whack that out. And the other thing that you would do is, is you want to deal with a zero-based budget. That is to say, instead of taking last year's um, budget for a department or agency or a program, you would say, we're zeroing you out and now you have to defend whatever it is you think you need to, to make that program go forward. The reason that that's important is you start shrinking government, you start shrinking the spending, and when that happens, you take off the uh, inflationary pressures that are a natural result of devaluing your currency through the, the, the growth of the federal uh, spending. So, so it's, it, this thing has uh, just a cascading effect of good things to come and it, and it would allow us to all feel freer anyway because the federal government would not have so much say in everybody's life. 
All right, Congressman, I want to stay on the topic of money because Americans have witnessed their government sending uh, over $100 billion to Ukraine for the efforts taking place there. Um, we also watched in horror a few years ago uh, this botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, leaving, again, billions of dollars in U.S. military equipment behind. Uh, is there the same concern for Ukraine? I mean, I know that a lot of the equipment that we have sent over there, was it, it's not like it's on loan. We, we gave it to them or sold it to them. Um, but is there a concern that there will be a, a, a similarity between these two instances? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really uh, very, very nervous about that. And I'll tell you why. We, we have provided about $125 billion in currency and material and weaponry to, the Ukraine, to Ukraine. In the meantime, there are reports of mater the material that we've sent over there ending up in Af Africa or in Finland and other places. The second thing is, if we're going to send 31 uh, M1 Abrams tanks over there, you need to have a whole supply chain that goes with it. So we're going to have individuals, uh, uh, military personnel over there. Uh, we're going to train, which takes, um, I understand, 90 days at the, at the earliest, uh, at the shortest. So you are actually embedding us further into a war that we don't want to uh, be a part of. That's one thing. The second thing is uh, a report I saw just recently this week indicated that uh, Putin is actually trying to tra uh, trade with the Taliban to get some of the leftover American material fr um, uh, from Afghanistan, the debacle in Afghanistan. So this is this has the potential to actually backfire against not just our allies that are over there, but the, against the United States. And that is why it is so dangerous and why uh, the, this, this can't continue. We can't afford it, number one. Number two, we, they haven't ever outlined a strategic national security interest. Uh, so, so without those two things, why are we there? Why are we going to continue there? Uh, and so, yeah, I'm really nervous about the mismanagement of the Ukraine situation by this administration. Out of history, that makes us, uh, that concern so legitimized. There's no doubt about it. Congressman, I want to ask about one thing. The power of the person, of course, can just shrink spending. It can balance the budget. It can slow inflation down. Another thing it can do is it can force change from a recalcitrant bureaucracy. Uh, this administration won't enforce the laws on the book when it comes to the border. Tell us how the power of the purse can finally begin to force change there and to stop that fentanyl scourge, that human trafficking scourge, and all the other things that we see going on at the southern border. Well, what has to happen, and this we, we kind of lost this when the Senate passed the Omni, but what has to happen is is we have to direct that funding, and that's what where line item budgeting would work. But right now, um, this administration is spending the dollars that we gave them to um, actually facilitate importation uh, uh, of illegal aliens. And what, what I mean when I say that is we, they've set up an app for these people to pre-register and they want to facilitate a quicker release into the country. If we have control of the budget and, and uh, we do have some a leverage point here with the debt ceiling, what we should be doing is we should be saying no more. We're not going to give you any funding for any of that stuff and, um, and reduce the spending there. Um, or redirect it so that it is being used to detain until removal, which is what Title VIII requires anyway. So that's, that's I mean, that's how you would deal with it. But 
but we're fighting this. We're fighting these guys constantly. All right, folks, we've got one more to go. Brandon Judd, the head of the Border Patrol Agents Union, he's going to join us with a sobering but honest look of what's really going on at the border. A lot of big issues to talk about, a lot of big solutions that need to be implemented. Will they? Well, Brandon Judd will give us the latest right after this commercial break. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. He's the president of the National Border Patrol Council, Brandon Judd. Uh, Brandon, great to have you back on the show. Always good to be with you, John. Thank you. Amanda, how are you? We are great. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. We love having you on because you give us a straight skinny about what's really going on at the border. I want to start, though, with this move by these 20 states and uh, the America First Legal uh, Policy uh, Group. Uh, an important lawsuit challenging an authority that a lot of people think Joe Biden didn't have the right to do. Your take on it. Yeah, he doesn't have the right to do it. And thank goodness that we have states like Texas. Thank goodness we have uh, non-governmental organizations like America uh, First Legal that's willing to step up and challenge what he is currently doing. Everything that Joe Biden does just encourages more people to cross our borders illegally. And so when he is allowing people to apply for uh, asylum outside of the country, he's just encouraging more and more people to come to the United States um, illegally and through a process that is going to be struck down as illegal. Um, this just adds to our population. It just continues to encourage criminal cartels. It continues to encourage smugglers. Again, thank goodness for states like Texas. Thank goodness for non-governmental organizations and all the other states that uh, signed on to this lawsuit. I believe that the Supreme Court will determine that Biden does not have the authority to do what he's currently doing. Oof. I certainly hope so. I wanted to ask you, last night on the show, we had former DHS Secretary uh, Chad Wolf, and he cited a very startling number, 300,000 unaccompanied minors coming across or that have come across our border under President Biden. Where are these kids going? Where are these unaccompanied minors being deposited and where do they ultimately end up? So a lot of these children, their parents are already here. They've already made it here illegally. And, and the parents send money back to the cartels to bring them up and, and get them into the United States. And so that's always a phenomenon that we have to deal with. It's, a, it's an issue that pulls more of our resources out of the field. I, this this And, and what, what's really crazy about it and what's crazy about this administration is they're encouraging these children to put themselves in the hands of these dangerous cartels. A lot of these children are raped. They're, they're abused uh, physically and sometimes they're even killed. 
And that's one of the things that, that just leaves all of us scratching our head. Why is this administration that claims that they care about people, why are they encouraging children as young as a couple months old to put themselves in the hands of these dangerous cartels? It's crazy to think, and that just proves that all this administration is about is about lip service. It does not do anything in actions, and that's what we have to judge them on. We have to judge them on actions. Yeah, it's such an inhumane way for a child to make it into this country in the hands of a drug cartel, almost mind-boggling. Uh, Brandon, another thing that is raising a lot of concerns when I talk to people in law enforcement, the number of people with known terrorist ties coming across the border being encountered, yep. the number we don't know that get across without us encountering them, it's, it's literally multiplying by magnitudes. What's going on? Why are so many bad people trying to get into the country right now? Uh, this is such an important topic that we, t- we discuss. This is one of those issues about border security that we have to look at that will have a direct impact on the American people. When you look at years past, if we apprehended six people on the terrorist watch here in a full terrorist watch list in a full year, that was a lot. We apprehended 17 in one month in the month of December. And, and to put that in perspective, December is is supposed to be our slowest month, yet we broke records in, in, in the month of December. Again, scary for the American people to uh, if they understand what's going on with border security. These people want to do us harm. They are coming here to try to destabilize our, our system of society. They, they do not like our culture. They do not like what the United States stands for. They want a totalitarian government. That's why they're coming here, and they are going to do harm to the American people. Mm. Yeah, I've never understood why migrants come here and they have so much pride in their home country and yet they come here. It has never made sense to me. I wanted to ask you, though, you know, we have we have all seen the startling numbers as far as uh, illegals who are apprehended at the border. But this this figure, one point two million migrants who got away since Biden was sworn into office. Um, you know, we see these caravans coming through and, and it's a lot of what looks to be fighting age men. As far as these gotaways, it seems to me that as far as the the physical standpoint and the ability it would take to run away from border officials, it seems like those are the ones who would make up the largest portion of these gotaways. Yeah, and let's be clear, that's 1.2 million known gotaways. That's what we have, have been able to detect. There's a large number that we don't detect. There's a large number that we can't go after because we don't, just don't have the resources in the field. And you're right, when you hit on what these, the, the, the physical um, characteristics of the people that are that are getting away, that are, that are evading apprehension, just look at the clothing. All you have to do is go to Arizona and you'll see that they're wearing camouflage, decked out fully in camouflage, um, trying to evade apprehension. These are the younger people. These are the ones that are, that are going to go throughout our states. And, and again, they do not stay in Arizona. They don't stay in Texas, New Mexico, California. They spread out through throughout the United the, the entire United States. We constantly see MS-13 members that are being uh, arrested in states like uh, Virginia, um, Maryland. And, and again, it's just such a scary aspect of border security. And, and Amanda, what's so frustrating about it is, is we could stop this tomorrow if we had the proper policies. If Joe Biden had the, the political will, he could end this tomorrow through policies, programs and operations. He just refuses to do it. And there's no doubt about it. Every so often, Brandon, we're reminded of the long arm of corruption that the cartels have right now going on in Mexico. The secretary of public security is on trial for allegedly aiding drug cartels just for pure cash, the old fashioned corruption. Um, How concerned are you that large parts of the Mexican government are either passively or actively involved in helping the cartels? 
Extremely concerning. That's why I get so mad when, whenever I hear uh, people like Vice President Kamala Harris saying that we have to address the root causes. We have to address what we can do here in the United States. If we send money to, to Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Colombia, uh, Nicaragua, Haiti, Cuba, if we send money to those countries, all that money is going to do is go into the pockets of the corrupt uh, government officials. We know that. We know that the cartels have infiltrated all levels of the Mexican government. We know that these cartels not only smuggle drugs, but they control all of the criminality on the border. They control human smuggling, drug smuggling, um, contraband, it, whether that's uh, fake Oakleys. It doesn't matter. They control all facets of it, and they are embedded in the Mexican government. We cannot send uh, money to Mexico and expect them to help us. We have to do what we can do here in our country. And if we do that, we can control everything that goes on on our border. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Thank you for listening and spending a part of your very valuable Sunday morning with us. We love this brunch edition. A big thank you to all of our guests, including James Comer, Brian Babin, Kevin Brock, Andy Biggs, and Brandon Judd. And of course, to my amazing television co-host, Amanda Head, who joins me on these interviews that we then adapt to the podcast. We're so grateful that you can join us. And remember, if you enjoy what you heard today, if you want to have Just the News in three dimensions, all you got to do is go to the Apple iOS App Store or the Android Google Play Store and download the Just the News smartphone and tablet apps. They're fantastic. They allow you to read, listen, and watch just the news content. Three different ways to experience our content to engage us here at Just the News at John Solomon Reports. Go check those out. And of course, all week long, check out our incredible television show, Just the News, No Noise on Real America's Voice, 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. That's where Amanda Head and I make so much news each night. We're so grateful you can join us. Have a great Sunday. Have a great beginning to the new week. We'll be back tomorrow with a new edition of John Solomon Reports. Congressman Ralph Norman and former Senator Kelly Leffler, they're going to be here on Monday. That's a great show. You won't want to miss that. Until then, God bless you and have a great evening. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.